Hello, welcome to Book Talk. I'm your host, Anthony Moirore. At Book Talk, as always, we get to have an author come and tell us about their book. And today we have another great guest with us on a very important topic. And I won't take one more minute because we've got work to do. Welcome to the show, Joseph Leonard. Hi. Hello, Hello. thank you. Uh, and I, I have to put my middle initial in there. It's Joseph oh. M. Leonard, because there's another author in North Carolina that goes by Joseph Leonard too. So it, my middle initial is important. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Otherwise, otherwise people might confuse the authors, right? Oh, you know? Wonderful. So welcome to the show, Joseph M. Leonard. Now, what's the M for? Martin. Okay. Although it's spelled different than my character's name. My character, my lead character in my book is also called Martin, but not for the same reasons. <laughs> oh, okay. Because when I was going through the book and I was wondering, uh, I mean, the, the, the briefing of the book is like, uh, Martin and Martin, did you write about yourself in the book? No, no. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously I borrowed some of me and things around me because it's easier to write that way. But no, there's no particular character that is me. My lead isn't me. Uh, none of the characters are anyone particular uh, with the exception of uh, in the flashback category uh, chapter. I'm, I'm on... Uh, sinus medication, so I'm a bit scatterbrained today. <laughs> yep, doing I got good. a bad, got a bad head cold, so I'm all hopped up on drugs. You're but, doing great. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, no one particular character is any one particular person out of my life. Uh, you know, you got to avoid lawsuits. <laughs> okay, in that case, let's first get to know who is Joseph. Martin Leonard, before we go into the book. Okay, yeah, I, I've always enjoyed writing. Um, and back when I was growing up, my uh, father and my father's father had bands. They were polka band artists. In fact, they were both pretty well known all throughout uh northeastern uh, the united states and they you know they toured like any band would tour and that but i didn't want to follow in their footsteps i didn't want to create a polka band but i did write music i did record a few things but you know that was way back before the internet before anyone could put a piece of music online and sell it directly i wasn't anywhere good enough to get a record deal or anything like that. So I kind of moved into short stories and things like that. And I've written a few novels, but this is the first one that I felt was really, uh, I felt good enough about to bring 
to the mass to the masses and it's internationally published because although it takes place in the United States, terrorism certainly knows no borders or boundaries. It's a global phenomenon. And I have a chapter on Toronto, Ontario, Canada, London, England, Madrid, Spain, and Tokyo, Japan. So even though it's set in the United States, it's meant you know, to be a global book. Mm. Terror Strikes, that's the book. Uh, we are going to go into that, but uh, we would like to know much more about Joseph. Before he wrote, or even after he started writing in his young age, uh, he also involved himself in other things because writing has not all been his whole life. Tell us a bit more. I, I was an athlete growing up. I played hockey. <laughs> mm. So, uh, and, you know, and again, I was into music to some degree, but uh, as a career, I started off in hotel motel operations, and I got to meet a lot of celebrities through that, working at the front desk at a hotel. So that was a lot of fun. You know, people like, uh, uh, I met Vanna White of the Wheel of Fortune. You know, I, I met Apollonia of, you know, the uh, during the Purple Rain tour with Prince. And I met Peter Ustinov. You know, I, I've met a lot of different people in rock bands that would be staying at the hotel while they were touring. And so yeah, that was kind of neat. But I wanted to get into something more technical. I was more a technical kind of person. So I got into computers while I was working there. The uh, computer manager there at the hotel saw that I had a head for those sorts of things. And uh, when a position opened up, uh, he approached me and I said, yeah, I wanted to get into that. So I got into computer operations training and things of that nature. And that's where I made the bulk of my living was in information technology. Hmm. That, that's beautiful. And I like the fact that you act in a hotel and motels and you got to meet with great people, got to brush shoulders with famous yeah. people. Now, isn't it interesting in life when you are getting to live life to the full and, and meeting great people, enjoying your, uh, your, your work and earning and living well with your family? That's good. Yes. Mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's good. It's enjoyable. But uh, uh, again, I preferred dealing with machines rather than people. It's not that I dislike dealing with people. It's, you know, it was just a preference. Mm. Uh, the technical challenges of having being met with a problem and analyzing to get to a solution is more a cerebral kind of pursuit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now, Terra Strikes, tell us about it. Where did it all come from that you're going, you're going to write about Terra Strikes? It actually came to me in a dream. Mm. 
in 2006, I had recurring dreams. So I started writing the book, but it didn't quite all come together in 2006. I could have rushed it out, but it wouldn't have been ready. So I, I set it aside. And then last year, the dreams came back. So that kind of told me that I needed to finish it and the time was right. And indeed, the words started flowing again fluidly uh, to allow me to complete the book. Uh, and that's and so that's what we have. To, again, I got to take a drink because of the sinus medication. I'm all cotton mouth. You're well. You're well. Oh, I, oh, there's nothing worse than a head cold, huh? Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> even before we go into that in uh, your uh, uh, dreams and how you ended up writing, maybe you can highlight us if it's well with you, if it's okay with you, how, I mean, you, you because you're talking about your disease, how did it come to be? How that you are at the place that you are right now, if you're comfortable? Telling. Oh, yeah. Well, I got in to information technology and uh, uh, it was a lot of hours, a lot of stress, a lot of calls at all times of the day and night to, to fix problems. And for some reason, my system kind of shut down and I have what's called chronic fatigue immune dysfunction syndrome. So it's an issue with my immune system. So I get sick a lot. Uh, you know, anytime anybody has something, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I deal with that, and, and uh, it. Uh, so I I don't sleep normal cycles. You know, it so it, it makes it impossible to work uh, because uh, if I work, uh, you know, I'm sick all the time, or I. I need to take a nap at lunch every day. And it just uh, became impossible to work, unfortunately, which, you know, I loved what I did. I, I wish I were able to still be doing it. And I certainly missed the salary that I had. <laughs> mm. But uh, yeah, so, you know, it's you just have to deal with like, what life gives you. And then also the, uh, the hairdo, I didn't choose it. It chose me in 2010. I had leukemia. So with the chemotherapy, it came out. And once it came out, I decided, okay, I would just shave it. Uh, and that's a lot easier. And uh, I save a ton of money on shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> I like the fact that you face life positively despite uh, the challenges that you go through and uh, you're smiling still. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like I say in the book, terror strikes coming soon to a city near you. I say with my character, remember, things could always be better, but they could be worse. Mm. And... Uh, that's in the comic relief chapter. And I also say, uh, as the saying goes, if we don't laugh on occasion, we'll be crying all the time, right? Mm. So you've, no matter how serious life is going on around you, you need to find things to laugh about. Laugh at yourself 
especially having, you know, a bit of self-deprecating humor. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it helps make uh, life easier if, if you can live and laugh. And I like to say that about my book, although it's called Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You. I like to say it's not really a book about death. It's about life and living and those both foreign and domestic that would want to deprive you of your life, your liberty, and your pursuit of happiness. So it deals with terrorism, but it also deals with crime in general. I mean, we all have things we need to be alert and aware of. And uh, like I say with my character in my Naperville, Illinois chapter, Teresa finds that she's been more of an ostrich than the mama bear she's needed to be to protect her child. Because pretending thing, hope is, is wonderful, but it's not a strategy. Hoping terrorism or crime in general isn't lurking around the corner and may accidentally find you is not a strategy. And an ostrich may wander onto the train tracks, hear a noise, bury its head between the rails that isn't going to stop it from being bowled over by the train barreling down the tracks just because it no longer sees or hears it coming, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So live, you've got to live your life, but you can't be oblivious to what's going on around you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And for the fact that uh, so much is happening, happening around us, we've got to be aware and we've got to take care where it's possible and uh, yeah, prevent things that are going to happen to people and us if we can. And this is why we need to have your book. But we don't know what's in there. Can we begin at the point where you had the dreams, what was it like? Well, I can't give away the dreams or I give away the book. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we have to do that. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, but yeah, you know, so I, I consider it an inspiration from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, we all have dreams, obviously. And, uh, you know, perhaps you too might have a dream that you could turn into a book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's easy to find now uh, anybody who's watching or listening uh, a, a, an opportunity to publish. Uh, you know, if you write short stories, perhaps if your stories are even remotely related, you could combine your characters and your short stories into a novel itself, and you too could become a, a, a published author, or perhaps just a, uh, uh, a vanity piece is what they call it. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you could write about your family, your family mm -hmm. legacy. Have mm -hmm. you done Ancestry.com? Write about your family and, you know, just publish a hundred books for family and friends so that you have a lasting legacy for your family. Uh, I myself have not delved into the Ancestry.com that deep to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I went this route and I've been wanting to publish a book for a long time and 
this one just finally seemed to be the one uh, at the right time because off air before air, we talked about the lockdowns, the Wuhan virus. Well, a lot of people seem to have this notion that terrorism stopped during the Wuhan virus lockdowns, and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. It's just that the news was focused on the Wuhan virus hysteria, even though it has a 99.8% survivability rate. They were focused on that rather than delivering you all the news. The mm -hmm. terrorism was still there. You just weren't hearing about it unless if it happened potentially local to you and some local reporters were covering it. Mm -hmm. And if I may ask, have you had some personal uh, contact with terrorism or uh, been affected in one way or the other by the terrorism on a close range? No, I have not lost anyone personally to terrorism myself, uh, but I got sick around the same time as 9-11. So there's a, a very odd, strange connection that I have with it mm -hmm. uh, because I was home sick watching that day on TV when 9-11 happened. And while I don't know anyone personally affected uh, it, it struck a chord. Uh, I, I have a tattoo, which I'm not sure you probably can't see it very well, but it's a tribute to those lost on 9-11 and those fighting the war on terrorism since that have given their lives. Uh, I do know someone that was a, a veteran and suffered PTSD, uh, and I cover that in the book, in the flashback chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was personally affected with someone I know that way. And I do know two people, uh, close friends, that did die from the Wuhan virus. So, I mean, which is a whole other thing. It's a real thing, but the, the panic and hysteria that we went through... Uh, was f far and above what was needed for, uh, you know, we had the drugs mm -hmm. that helped if they got them in time. And unfortunately, my two friends that I know that died of it didn't get the drugs in time. And then you know, one, uh, Lisa Ewald, was a uh, nurse, worked at the hospital, so she was exposed to it. And she had a comorbidity, which is the greatest threat, like mm -hmm. me suffering with an immune problem. I was more susceptible to it. Mm -hmm. She had asthma. So she contracted COVID, didn't get hydroxychloroquine in time. She passed in her sleep one night. And same with another friend. He passed away while on a ventilator in the hospital because he didn't get ivermectin in time. He was starting to recover, but then relapsed one night and passed in his sleep during the evening. So, you know, we, we all have unfortunate losses in our life. And that's another sub theme in the book, 
dealing with loss, whether it be through terrorism, uh, crime in general, or everyday life, the shock, denial, anger, and acceptance phases of dealing with loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you talk about love versus hate also in the book. Tell us a bit more on that. Yeah. Well, we have a very unique situation. Uh, well, I don't know how if it's only in the U.S., but it seems to be a prevalent problem in the U.S. with hate hoaxes. Mm. You, I'm sure you're probably familiar with the Jesse Smollett case, the mm -hmm. actor from Empire that, that made international news. He faked a hate crime. So I deal with that in the book because that's not the sole case. Uh, and with virtue signaling, people putting signs on their lawn, you know, you know, we are against hate here. Well, no one I know hates anybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Doesn't matter their skin tone, their gender, you know, none of that. No one I know hates anybody and love versus hate. You know, I ask these people, I put a sign in my yard and my character is a newspaper guy. So he has to try to maintain a sense of neutrality. So he can't do that. But he contemplates yard signs that he would put out too, mm -hmm. if he could, you know. Um, and one is that love versus fake hate virtue signaling. What have you done? Have you fed a hungry person yourself? Have you given clothing to someone in need yourself rather than trying to steal money from one neighbor to give to another neighbor. That's not charity. Mm -hmm. That's socialism. That's redistribution of wealth. Charity has to come from the heart. Mm -hmm. And what have you done to help? Have you helped at a soup kitchen? Have you helped raise funds for charity? You know, what has it, is it that you have done other than put a stupid sign on your lawn to show that you pretend to care, though you've actually not really done anything. So mm -hmm. I delve into that in the book. Ah, that's good. And uh, you also, uh, in looking at some of your uh, topic or headings or chapters in this case, I saw interest, interesting, like you mentioned before, you talk about the uh, UK, Spain, and uh, you also mentioned about comic relief. What's all about comic relief? <laughs> yeah. Uh, was it that something that we covered when we say that at some point in life, you've got to laugh? In laugh exactly, exactly. That's what, that's what my guess is. If we don't <laughs> laugh on occasion, we're going to cry all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. and be depressed yeah. and no matter how serious life is we have to find some funny moments in our life to laugh at laugh at ourselves laugh at our friends laugh at mm -hmm. our friend family so my 
character Martin goes through in comic relief the dichotomy or the uh, uh, again here now the, the sinus medications got my brain mushy again <laughs> but my character struggles I guess okay struggles with the notion mm -hmm. of having such a serious topic and yet our need for laughter in our lives mm -hmm. so comic relief kind of takes us through his position and dealing with comedy and the need to laugh and indeed comes to the conclusion at the end of that chapter that indeed he needs to deal in some way shape or form with comedy in the book because as they say laughter is the best medicine and it really is it, it, it's it's uh it, people may know patch adams uh, they may recall the movie with Robin Williams called Patch. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, you know, dealing with suicide because Robin Williams committed suicide. Yeah. I, I touch on that subject in my book, too, because sometimes even the most uh, the people who uh, make us laugh are the most depressed mm -hmm. and they find only get their happiness when they're making others laugh. But Patch Adams found indeed that laughter does help treat uh, disease. Um, and uh, through his work at the Children's Hospital. And it's not like it's a case of Schrodinger's cat. You can't clone, you can't prove it. But we've all come to accept that to be true because you can't clone a sick patient and treat them with just medicine and medicine and laughter. But we've all come to the conclusion that, and that indeed the laughter releasing positive chemicals mm -hmm. that help the body heal. Mm. That's very well put. And then we have a topic or chapter known as the pyramid. And I was curious, what's this all about? Well, the pyramid, I want to be careful to not give it away, obviously. Okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, the pyramid is a fictional casino in Lachlan, Nevada. And there is a real, there are real pyramid structures, obviously, uh, elsewhere in the United States. There's a sports arena. There's the Luxor uh, Casino in Vegas. Uh, and there's a few other. And, I'm sh and of course, there's the Pyramid at the Louvre in France. You know, so there's pyramids everywhere outside of the Middle East. Mm -hmm. But the point being is that pe some people look at that as cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. And while others, like the United States is a melting pot. People have come here from all over the world. So all cultures, and we ce celebrate all cultures. So to us, it's not appropriating someone else's culture. It's paying homage 
to that culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, the pyramids are a wonderful, wonderful thing. Why would you not want to celebrate though them? Mm -hmm. The 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 majesticness of them and and the the sheer still wonder of how they were made at that time. I mean, given our modern technology, it's hard to build a pyramid. <laughs> yeah. So it, it ties in with uh, political correctness, cultural appropriation, and part of a terrorist mindset of uh, being that that belongs to us and us alone, not mm -hmm. you. And it becomes a target. Mm. Yeah, I love uh, this part that uh, uh, terror strikes is not what anybody out there may think. It's not just about terrorism and that. Now there's a lot of life in it. And uh, uh, ideas and maybe principles expressed in the book that could help you face life positively, just as Joseph has been sharing with us. Now, initially, I thought it's going to deal with just terror. So I was ready to ask this question, but you are going to answer it in another way. <laughs> Being an IT person, what part has technology played in the modern day way of life? And um, yeah, was going to put in their terrorism, but then the modern way of life. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it has become a necessity, unfortunately. Uh, we, I, we are so immersed in the technology to make things run and operate on a daily level that we are dependent on it. Um, most people have a smartphone nowadays. Uh, and there's more computing power in that phone than all of NASA had when we landed a man on the moon. You know, and that's a double-edged sword because terrorists can take out our technology and we have to defend against that, it, you know, because we become so reliant on it. Uh, hackers can hack into a water treatment plant and shut it down or hack into somewhere in our electrical grid and shut it down. And we are so far removed from the 1800s, you know, when we were first learning how to live with electricity. Uh, we have to have these things to live. We need our refrigeration to keep food uh, fresh because there are now so many more people on the planet than there were centuries ago. That food, uh, you know, if electricity goes out people it's not just a the uh the uh nicety of having lights it's that refrigeration to have food or people can starve hmm yeah we get that i mean it's counterproductive i mean being 
what good it is that we know, and this is how we are connected through the technology, then there are those people who may use it in a negative way. But then that doesn't have to be you. You've got to make it in your mind and decide in your mind that you're going to be the positive person out there who's making great and good changes. Someone who's positively focused, someone that is uh, want the better part of this world going on. I'm talking to the speaker, uh, to the to the viewer or listener, and uh, I remind you to go and get Terra Strikes. You're gonna love it. And uh, how can people connect to you if they want to get to you, Joseph? Yeah, two easy ways. Uh, the book has a website. You could go to terrorstrikes.info, not .com, terrorstrikes.info. Yeah, I see you put it up there. <laughs> and also I have an author website, josephmleonard.us. Mm -hmm. And there's no Owen Leonard. People want to pronounce it like it's Leonard, but it's not French. It's actually Polish somehow. And one of these days I'll have to go through Ancestry.com and find out what that was before it got chopped up to be Leonard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Joseph josephmleonard.us and of course you could get the book through Amazon or Books a Million or Barnes and Noble or any local bookstore near you yeah. uh, it's internationally published so any bookstore can order a copy for you mm -hmm. and if you want to contact me directly for any reason Again, either my author site or the terrorstrikes.info, there's, there's a contact button that you can contact me. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joseph. We really appreciate you sharing your book, Terra Strikes. But before you go at Book Talk, we always ask someone to leave us with a few words. You've given us so many already, but we want us to have some other few words that we will always remember. This is your time. Well, I, I've already given that advice. <laughs> in the philosophy, and it's also in the comic relief chapter where my character jokes with a couple of young girls at a pizza place, which is when he decides, yes, there needs to be humor in the book too, because Martin is also writing a book himself. So my book is following Martin through his journey to write a book on terrorism. And he says, in parting with these young girls, remember, things could always be better, but they could often be worse. And that's a philosophy I always try to remember before I complain about how bad things are, they could be worse. Oh, exactly. So the thing is to wait with open eyes and ears and be ready. It's not what happens to you, my friend who's listening or watching. It's how you respond to what happens to you. So thank you very much for that quote, Joseph. Things could always be good, but it could always be worse. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Really I, appreciate having you on day. Pardon? We have we really appreciate having you on our show. Thank you very I much. I appreciated you having me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ah, down <laughs> <gone> head cold. <laughs> I, I did good. just wish you, you would go away. You, oh, you, you, so you did good. 
you know, you feel like your brain is swimming in your head. <laughs> yes. And so at now, at this point, we tell all the viewers and listeners, bye for now until next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.